I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. My bucket up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. Episode, what did I say? Episode 126 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace Podcast with my man, Yvonne Marillo. Did I just... You got it right. I got it right. Because right. I know I call you Ivan a lot. Yeah, I, I get Dusky that a lot. Dusky says Yvonne, so I'm like, all right. I get that all the time, though. Like, well, for there's years. a little hyphen thing. Ivan, Yvonne, Yvonne. All right. Everyone. Everyone's different. So. Right. But it's, it's after a while, you just, like, get tired of correcting people. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. You're not calling me something completely different. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, listen, I'm glad. I'm, I I appreciate your time. Um, yeah, I, 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 I got off the train to meet you. I'll tell a story real quick. And I'm walking through Central Park, and it's dark out, and there's a, a, a dimly lit pathway and I see these frat boys walking and giggling amongst themselves and I don't think anything of it until I see this older guy sitting on a bench and I see rats scurrying around and this guy is feeding rats and raccoons on some weird off the beaten path path in Central Park so I made my made my way here to uh, to meet up with you and like I said man I appreciate your time. I had Busky on, and I'm like, you know what? Let me reach out to Yvonne because there's some shit I would like to talk to him about. Yeah, it feels like we're like on a romantic date right now. We're in front of the East River. We're, uh, you know, it's nice uh, moonlit night. Yo, I look to my right, and there's a bridge. <laughs> I look to my left, and there's another bridge. We're literally on the water. It's like love is late. Yeah, we're in the Upper East Side enjoying the, the view. Hardcore style. Like Keep your hands to yourself, though. That's <laughs> fucking funny. It is. This is definitely different. But it's a nice night. It's, it's beautiful nice. out. It absolutely is. So now, what have you... All right. I don't know where you want to begin. Do you want to take it back? Because I know you're uh, you're originally a Connecticut guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually uh, back living in Connecticut now for the past year and a half. But I lived in New York for about 13 years. Okay, because I met you. I met you like through like doing Scarhead shows and stuff like that. So, but then like once we became like friends on Facebook and all that nonsense, then I guess I saw somewhere like you have a you have a a, a long history. With the whole Connecticut hardcore scene and all that stuff. So, which I believe you might be the first person that I've had on that comes from that area. Oh, wow. I believe so. Like, off the top of my head, I really can't think of anybody from the Connecticut hardcore scene. Yeah, I haven't had Jamie on yet. That's going to be a tough get. I hope you you can get him. I know. I said that on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) I'm rooting for you if you can get him. Yeah, me too. You'd be a good listen. It would definitely be. So where do you want to begin? You were born and raised in Connecticut? Yeah, I grew up in a, a town called Milford, which is like about an hour and hour and a half from the city, hour and 20 minutes. But yeah, I started going to shows, I think, uh, 1994, I went to my first show. And How old were you? I was in uh, 1994, I was 15, I think. Okay. Yeah, I was 15. So I, that's when I really started going, and I really haven't stopped, you know. And uh, 
Yeah, growing up in Connecticut was pretty cool. It was, you know, I got to see the rise of Hatebreed, got to see bands like Death Threat, Hundred Demons uh, from the start. You know, a lot of a lot of awesome bands. Uh, Death Threat's one of my favorite bands ever. Uh, same here. Uh-huh. I just saw, just seeing them at This Is Hardcore was great. Uh, the original lineup, you know. Yeah, I was there. So, it was yeah. fucking amazing, man. So yeah, I'm really. It's, that, that band is someone you know, a band I grew up with, and I I, I love to death, you know. Yeah. But Connecticut was a cool place to definitely to uh, grow up. I mean, where I lived in Connecticut, you know, you're not that far from Boston, you're not that far from New York. I never really went to Boston too much. I would come to the city, you know. I went to my first show at CBGBs, I think, 1997. From then on, I would, you know, the Metro North train is right in my town, so we would take the train from my town, Milford, straight to Grand Central and go to, you know, CBGBs, Wetlands, Coney Island High, right. whenever there was a show. So I would, you know, at that point. I wasn't only Connecticut. I would go, you know, just go to the city. I'd look in the Village Voice, see what's happening at CBs, and I would come down for that. So yeah. I was very, you know, lucky to where I lived. It was I was able to do that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's funny because uh, '97 was the first time you went to CBs. At that time, I don't know. If you, I, you've you've listened, so you might have, you know, heard me say this before. But like, I got involved early. Like, I think the first time. I don't know the first time I was ever at CBs. But I was there. I was on the the, the last warning recording. Oh wow! That's one of my, front. That is my favorite live record, man. For sure. I'm the guy. All right, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. Oh, are you in there yelling? Can I hear your voice? I'm the motherfucker guy after after your mistake. Oh, that, yo, that's, that's me. Yo, that's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. That's my little, literally, like my little four seconds of fame. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm all over the whole layout and shit. But I was, I would, I would go to CBS about probably about a year before that, and then I would go on and off, and then I joined the service. In ninety, in the beginning of ninety six, and then I was out for a lot. Like I, I kicked myself in the ass. Well, I really can't because it's not really my own fault. You know, I was. You know, life took me in a different path for a little while, so I missed the wetlands. That hold the wetlands. I missed. I was literally only at one show at Coney Island High. I missed that whole time frame, which. Well, you were doing grown man shit, you know. You have to yeah, that. but I was acting like a fucking child, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you got to see the world, though, right? I, I saw two places, man. <laughs> where, where it wasn't go? even like good. <laughs> like I can't even say like, yeah, I was in the Navy and I went to 75 different ports. No, I went from boot camp. I was in San Antonio, Texas. From there, I went to Wichita Falls, Texas. From there, I came home for like two weeks on leave. Then I went to Clovis, New Mexico, which is basically an extension of the <laughs> desert of Texas. And then from there, I went to Elmendorf Air Force Base in Alaska. Wow. And then I got thrown out, and I came back home to Brooklyn. <laughs> so it really wasn't that awesome. Alaska's pretty exotic, though, no? It was, bro, let me tell you something. It was like, it was like the best-kept secret. People were like, oh, they were laughing at me. They were trying to abuse me when I was down in New Mexico. Oh, you got orders to Alaska, huh? laughing at me. And I didn't know what to think, because I'm thinking... Penguins and Eskimos and igloos, <laughs> like like this, you know, an idiot. You know, this is what you think about Alaska. Who knows, you know, snow. But you go up there, and it was fucking incredible. It was it was beautiful, and that was the only place that I ever said that it, that I would ever revisit that that I was in the military, and I would I would ever go back. And I wound up I wound up going back on a job, like I don't know, maybe like ten years ago, and it was very weird. It was just very weird, but it was awesome. But so. I was doing that shit, like, in Clovis, New Mexico, it was called Cannon Air Force Base, and the only thing that's there is the base and, like, McDonald's and, like, cattle yards. So when it was really hot out, the entire area smelled like cow shit. So I'm doing that kind of shit while everybody is going to see, like, dope bands at the wetlands. 
but you know, you know? see, see, it's, it doesn't sound too good now. That's why I kick myself in the ass. I'd rather be but, sweating hey, like a maniac. It was and, a life experience. Right? Absolutely, I had that story to I tell. Mean, hey, you got to see the last morning recording. That was actually uh, I did. I was there. I remember seeing uh, the video for for Anthem. Oh, me too. Bangers Ball. That was the first time I ever heard AF. And I, I, the, yeah. the next day I went to a local record store trying to buy live at CBGB. They didn't have that, so I bought Last Warning, which is awesome because it had United Blood 7-inch on it. So yeah. that was my first exposure to AF. But I I love that record. When people compare it to Live Sound, I'm like, yo, Last Warning's better than Live at CBGB. Really? Yeah, I, I definitely, because I like the One Voice songs. One Voice is like my second favorite record by them. Right. And they play all those songs on there. Oh, of so. course, they open up with Undertow. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. the best, man. And they rarely open up with Undertow. Well, they don't even ever play any of that Not stuff. Not anymore. Yeah, because the thing is, I remember... This is probably about 15 years ago. They started when they they did that uh, that album, Another Voice. I love that record. They started playing those one voice songs, but they're really it got minimal reaction. So I think they were just kind of like, ah, I don't know how screw that it. shit can get minimal that reaction. Like, that's one of those things, though. It's like your your your, your favorite hardcore band's favorite record. You know, people love. That. There's a diehard cult following for that record. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm amongst them. For yeah, sure. I am too. Yeah. Uh, we were talking Richie Crutch. That's his all time favorite fucking record. Period. <laughs> wow, that's what's a. Great He's like record. one voice. He's like that's the Bible. Uh, it's. I mean, he's I, like, I, he doesn't I, shit on anything else. He's like, oh, Age of Quarrel, bit nah. He's like, not one voice. See, I wouldn't go that crazy, but it's definitely <laughs> like I like Victim and Pain is my favorite AF record, but One Voice is number two for sure. I I, I, I switch around since we're since we're talking. I could talk AF all day long. I switch like for a very long time. My favorite. AF record was Liberty and Justice. That's a great. Re- that's like the probably the most unsung of their records. You don't really. It's metal, dude. Talk about. It's, a, hey, it's a cool record, though. It's man. fucking great. So it's like that victim in pain in one voice. You could like juggle them, and whichever mood I'm in one day, that could be my favorite record by them. It's one of those things. Yeah. So like in the house when you were growing up and shit, like what was like what was there like a certain soundtrack that like maybe your parents were listening to that that maybe. Sprung you into the direction of starting to like, like more like aggressive shit, to lack well, of a better word. It wasn't my dad or my mom. My my okay. dad listened to Sp- my. I'm half Colombian. My dad listened to like Spanish music. I'm not mad at that. That's and, awesome. Um, <laughs> my mom would listen to stuff like Diana Ross. And okay, she like that. Um, my brothers. I had two older. I have two older brothers, and they listened to like a lot of heavy metal and stuff. They're really what kind of got the ball rolling as far as like you know aggro type music you know yeah and they listen to stuff like you know Ozzy Iron Maiden Jews Priest Black Sabbath shit like that yeah and that's like a thing like is that a thing I don't want to sound like I'm being stereotypical but I, it's kind of like a thing it's kind of known that like South America and Central America love their metal dude totally like crazy so maybe I don't know well could... this, is, this is the thing actually my, those two brothers are not related to my. They're like my half brothers. So okay, <laughs> so, all right. So yeah, if, uh, I don't know what the that's fuck I'm talking yeah, about. That's right. <laughs> yeah, my, I have like uh, uh, like so I had two brothers, uh, two half brothers. I have three half brothers actually. Okay. So one passed away a while back. Okay, I'm sorry so, about that. Oh, that's okay. So two two half brothers and a half sister from my mom, and a half brother from my uh, from my father. So it's all it's all it's all all halves, but okay. I grew up in the house. I never I didn't meet my my Colombian brother until way years later. But so I grew up in the in the house with my two my two half brothers, my half sister, and they're the ones to expose me. But then my dad was their stepdad. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> when I re-listen, I'll, I'll listen click more carefully to that. Cool. So all right, so so they got you into like the like the old classic stuff, like the Iron Maiden and shit like that. Right? Yeah. Then I discovered like you know on my own kind of like. Guns N' Roses was you know coming out around 88 stuff and I'm sure. like 9, 10 years old and mm-hmm. I'm getting into that and 
you know, then like the you know, Motley Crue, Metallica. You know, it was kind of a point where you're kind of, st- you know, you're you're floating between like harder stuff, maybe like a Slayer, like a Megadeth yeah. and a Metallica, but you're still listening to like the hair Motley. metal. Yeah, a little bit the harder hair metal. Yeah. All right, let's not try to sugarcoat it. <laughs> Listen, know? I say it, and nobody, everybody. Like I was never listening to like Poison. I don't. I didn't. I don't hate them or anything. Like, right. I didn't think they're horrible, but I never listened to like the Cinderellas or the Poison. My brothers did and stuff. They went but, everywhere. You yeah. almost couldn't escape that shit for a while. Yeah, like I'm not mad at that stuff. I remember when that stuff was all on MTV and stuff when I was little. You know? Favorite Motley Crue record. Oh, I'm going to go Too Fast for Love. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to shout at the devil all day long. Yeah, that's it. You know, I'm not mad for that right. one. That's, you could say that one. Yeah, yeah. I can. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, was, that was actually the record that catapulted me into the mess that I am now. Yeah, like, I, Theater of Pain is okay. I like uh, Dr. Feelgood's great. I like all, all the way up until... Uh, Pretty much Dr. Feelgood. Yeah, right? but, that I tuned out. You know, they did, like, they did, like, a record in, like, the late 90s where, like... Vince Neil got like short hair and like got like a stylist. They look kind of like, like Carnival of Souls thing, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it was something. It was no. I, what was it called? I just remember they had this song. It was almost. It sounded like Generation Swine. I think it was like after that. It was like because uh, I, I remember they, they did this documentary on VH1, like the remaking of Motley Crue. So Vince Neil like dyed his hair and he kind of looked like. I don't know. He kind of looked like he was trying to be modern, you know? Like they, He probably looked better than he does now. But they had this song they did, I think, for one of the greatest hits. It was called uh, If I Die Tomorrow. Okay. kind of doesn't really sound like their typical stuff, but I kind of like it. It's weird. So look that up. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, you have more Motley Crue knowledge than I do. I remember when they, had, me. they put out that record with that guy, John Karabi, that different singer. Yes. You know? Yeah, I, I don't know that, nothing about that. that. One, yeah, that went over like a fart in church, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it, it wasn't... Terrible, but whatever. I don't know, even know. <laughs> I, that's a, yeah, I mean, I grew up around, because like, I have an older sister, and she would listen to all that shit. So, like, and then you know, I eventually evolved into listening to, you know, I would bounce around. Like, Appetite for Destruction came out, and I was still listening to the Motley Crue stuff. But then, all right, like, she would play, like, what's this toxic waltz song? And then it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, it sounds like fun and silly, good, friendly, violent fun, kicking your friend in the head. And oh, I'm like, all right, that's cool, Exodus. And then and then the Megadeth and then the early Metallicas. And then I went to go see uh, Suicidal Tendencies at Lemoore's, and Leeway opened oh, up. Wow, that must have been a good one. White Zombie, Leeway, Suicidal. And that's that was the day, that was the turning point that turned me into going into the hardcore direction. Now, the first time I ever saw Suicidal was like... Maybe 1996, and it was like they were doing the funky shit. So it was like, oh, uh, this was kind of whack. Yeah, you saw them in the. That's like Lights Camera Revolution. It was Lights Camera Revolution. That's, uh, that's like the. That's one of my favorite albums. Ever. Oh, it's fucking incredible. So I'm, yeah. je- I'm jealous of you. Even though you know they've been playing now, they played all the good stuff now. So. I've, I, you know, I, I have not seen them since that show. Oh wow! I, the first time I ever saw them, actually, you no, know, the second time I saw them it was great. Where they played the Super Bowl of hardcore in DC in 2000. And really? that was my second time seeing them after they did the funky stuff, you know, a few years earlier. They, yeah. they played all the hits. It was, it was pretty cool. They were doing Infectious Groove stuff, too? and uh... <laughs> No, this that that first time I saw them, they were it was more in the vein of... They didn't do Infectious Groove stuff, which I liked. I actually liked Infectious Groove. A, co- a handful of songs. A handful. Like, I liked those records. I, when I was younger, I listened to those records. Now, yeah. revisiting them... They don't really not stand so, the test of time. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> but I was a fan. <laughs> all right, listen. Listen, me and Busky, there was shit coming out of the closet we were talking. <laughs> He's beating up the town bully in his underwear and a silver wig. I'm playing baseball bats in my pants. It's like an air guitar to anthrax. Listen, 
Whatever. I, I got nothing to hide. I don't give a shit. Yeah, Anthrax was definitely. They were one of my first favorite bands. Probably. Oh well, yeah, me too. They yeah. were one of my favorite bands. I'll I'll listen to, from Armed and Dangerous up to Persistence of Time. I'll listen to any of those records whenever. Uh, you know, I even the funny thing is when the Sound of White Noise came out. I don't like John Bush, bro. You know, what? I du- I dug that album pretty hard. Like when I was younger, I I really liked. That's really like the last album that I really got into by them. Well, the last couple of records that they put out, uh, the, especially Worship Music, with Joe, back with Joey. Yeah, I heard some. Good, of the, I heard some of the songs shit. on like Sirius XM when I had that. And yeah. it, it, it definitely sounded cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a John Bush guy. It doesn't sound like Anthrax. It's not yeah, Anthrax. It's weird. I don't know why, but I, I just I really like that album. But it, it doesn't hold a candle to. Persistence of Time is probably my favorite, but I like spreading the disease a lot. Yeah. You know, State of Euphoria, among um, all that stuff. Yeah, it's classic. I feel like out of the big four, though. At this point in my life, they're probably the one I least listen to the most. I don't think they've aged as well, maybe, as other stuff, just in my right. opinion. Right. But it's one of those things that, like, it reminds me of being young, so I like it. But Of course. It's all nostalgia, but, bro. Yeah. Motley Crue stinks. <laughs> but I listen to them fucking shout at the devil, and I'm 12 all over again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying they're a good band. But, hey, I, I say I still love them. I'd go see them tomorrow. If they're me, too. Oh, you know? God. Vince? <laughs> I mean, he's, oh, he sounds awful. Oh, yeah. it's brutal. That video man. that was online. Oh, oh there's so many. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, it's brutal. He's never a strong singer, but it's a fucking disaster now. Yeah, he's got to take it back to the workshop. Yeah, you know? a little bit. So now, so now well, we're going off on tangents about this shit. Um, all right, so you, so you went to your first show. Like, like, what brought you to your first like hardcore show in Connecticut? Do you remember who played? Oh, yeah, or? I, I can remember. Um, so Everyone I remembers that shit. One of my close friends, his name's uh, Pat Brandon. I'm still friends with him to this day. But his brother, older brother, was like a hardcore dude. He went to shows. He would take Pat to shows, his older brother Brian. And Brian was, like, the type of dude where, like, we would go into his room and, like, take a record or take a cassette. And we'd go into Pat's room and listen to it. And his his brother was, like, the one that kind of opened the door for me for, like, Sick With All, Sue South Tensies, a lot of that stuff, Integrity. Right. But he, I remember he took uh, me to this first show because Pat was like, yo, you got to see Integrity. you never seen him. And I was just kind of like, I wasn't, like, super into them at that time. They became one of my favorite bands, but... I wasn't. I was just like, yeah, I want to go to the show, and I went. And I, I mean, I still remember it like it was yesterday. It was the craziest shit ever. I remember I was wearing like these like plaid shorts, and I was wearing an SOD shirt. Nice. And I was like, I was a long hair at that time. I was like in eighth grade. You had the mullet. <laughs> I had to Did have you? Kind of a mullet. Listen, yeah. I, I I say it all the time. I had the crazy mullet. And the the there's two bands I remember playing um, was Josta 14, which was uh, Jamie Josta's band before Hatebreed. Yeah. And this band Mind War, which was like a Connecticut local hardcore band that was, you know, if you're from that that scene, you know who they were. Right. Those are two bands I remember playing that day. And Integrity was supposed to play, and they had a a penchant for not showing up. So I guess we thought that they weren't going to show up, and we left. They wound up showing up and playing, and at that time I wasn't the fan that I became, so I was kind of like, ah, whatever, I'll see him next yeah. time or whatever. Yeah. And that was really the only time that I could have seen them with, like, the classic lineup, which right. is kind of like, I look back now and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, Shit. you know? Yeah, of course. But that was the first show I went to. And then, well, I, you know, I freshman year in high school is, like, really when I started going, like, regularly. Like, at the end of freshman year, I had this uh, this friend that uh, um, I went to school with named John, and um, he took me. I remember seeing VOD was like the big band. Everyone jocked like super hard whenever they would play. I fucking love that. They band. would pack the place, and uh, from that point to four, from nineteen ninety five on, is really when I started going full time. You know? Yeah, you know, and that yeah, it's like the 
life changing shit, you know? Like oh, you without a doubt. It, it's like uh, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's you're a different person. Dude. Oh, the totally. way you look at shit, the way everything, it's 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 complete. It's a game changer, and people who aren't in it don't would never understand. Yeah, back, you can't explain it. Yeah, exactly. Back in those days, like Connecticut was a really hopping scene, so like there was usually like shows like. You know, two, three times every weekend. I mean, there wasn't really any lulls. A lot of the major acts made Connecticut a stop, you know? Yeah. And that was thanks in part to uh, Jamie Josta. He was, he booked a lot of shows for like a long time. So the major acts would come through because of him. But Connecticut was also known as like a place where you, you know, you got a good draw of people. And, you know, it's been 20 plus years since then. And Connecticut still has a scene and stuff. But, I mean, it's obviously not as. I think, you know, most hardcore scenes probably have, like, a lull. But yeah, they up and there. There's always, up yeah, there's always peaks and valleys. In that beginning, it was crazy. It was 300 people a show, it seemed like, every weekend, you know? Lots yeah. of fights, lots of violence and stuff. Of but, course. Well, back in the day, yeah. of course. But it was... We're talking mid-90s, there's a lot of was, fucking violence. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a crazy time. But it's one of those things where, you know, you'd see all this violence, and at first you're kind of like, whoa. And then, like, it's the regular thing every weekend. You're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> whatever. All right. But yeah, so I remember 1995 when the earliest shows I went to. I remember I saw Sheer Terror. It was right off of uh, Unlo- Unlove, uh, song- Love Songs for the Unloved tour. Yeah. And there was literally probably like 30 people there. It really? Was, yeah, like nobody. It was kind of like one of these weird lull periods in hardcore where people didn't care about like the older school bands, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe they were getting some backlash because the, the album was on a major label. Maybe. And, and yeah, it was like 30 people, and the only song that I knew was that song, Here to Stay. Yeah. Excuse me, it sir. Was, yeah, hold on. Yes. This is a Queensboro Bridge, and what's this one? I'm not really sure, to tell you the truth. That? Yeah, you know what that is? You know better than me. It's a Brooklyn Bridge. So that's, that's a Brooklyn Bridge. Isn't that going that? up higher? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, all right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Gorilla podcasting. <laughs> and bridge questions. <laughs> it happens. So yeah, what was I saying? Oh, I love songs. We love Sheer Terror. They're right. playing to thirty people. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I think there was a, some kind of backlash because they had signed to MCA. That was a major label album and. I think it's a great album anyway. but I think it's a great record, too. And uh, like I said, Here to Stay was the only song I knew because I had bought the, Another Planet, put out this compilation called Sunday Matinee, the best New York hardcore, which really, if you're like a new kid in the scene, it's like one of those like starter kit type of tapes. Every crucial band is on there. I think Jimmy Gestapo from uh, Movies Law actually curated it. And this, this, this comp came out in maybe 1995, but... That was their song that was on that comp, and that was the only song I knew at the time. And, right. But Sure Terror was, they were great. I'm glad I got to see them like oh, that incarnation. Fucking, you know? So fucking awesome. Yeah. Fucking great band. And I just recently saw, I don't know who runs it, probably Paulie. Shout out to Paul Barra. But he just posted something that it's happening again. Joe Coffey is going to be doing yes, some shows. Yes, I saw shows. that for his birthday. Yeah, I think it's just his birthday show. I don't know if he's oh, really? to anything more than that. But. Dude, those two records are fucking incredible, man. Yeah. Love those two records. I'm, so, psych- I'm psyched he's doing that again. Dude. Yeah, me too. Me too. Before we go on a whole shit terror rant. Now, you were in several bands. Four that I know of. Yeah, I was in four bands. Yeah. All right, all right. Usually, maybe not. You might be the rare case, but there's usually a guy that I have on, and they were in a band, and they won't even give up the name because it was a terrible name or they didn't record anything. Did you have one of those bands that didn't record nothing? Yeah, I had a couple of bands uh, before, like the, my bands that like put out, like right, you know, before the four bands that are mentioned. That, Any you know, good names? What my, names first, my, my first band was called Travesty of Justice, and we were literally okay. in, uh, it was like freshman year, like, 
you know, just pretty much any any friend that could grab an instrument. And it was like, you know, any, like anybody's first band, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really nothing to, you right. know. Right. Joe Hawkwell refuses to let me know the name <laughs> of his first band. I, I mean, there's nothing to be a, you know, ashamed of with it, I think. You know, it's like. Uh, maybe it could be that bad. The cool thing, well, you know, in hindsight, <laughs> it probably is. But the cool thing is uh, my friend who plays guitar. My friend John Grant, he was the, he had a four track recorder, so he recorded like all the real local local bands like in our town that were like we had this place called the Orange Teen Center, where like all these like and it wasn't just hardcore bands; it was like kids playing like Nirvana type of shit and like he recorded everybody. And we had this one band that was from our town called Vision Twelve, their hardcore band, and they were the band that played. They played a lot of like big bigger hardcore shows. Okay, and uh, he I remember he recorded a demo for them and. Um, you know, it was like, uh, it was cool because we looked up to those guys because that was like the band from our town that actually, like, they played with like 25 to life. They played with like Mad Ball, stuff like that. You right. Know? Like, so we were like, whoa, these guys are cool, you of know? Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. But yeah, so my friend recorded, so he recorded us and stuff. And we have, it's just, it's, yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> it's, is it like generic hardcore? Yeah, it's, it's, you're yelling about how you don't like being stabbed in yeah, the back. It's just, <laughs> it's not even like old school hardcore. It's, it's kind of like, I think it's like of its time, but it's nothing really like. I mean, I'm not like embarrassed. It was my first band. It was okay, like 19, well, 1995, 1996. Okay. You know? And then I had another band that was actually called No Holds Barred, which is kind of like a youth crew. No Holds Barred, which is kind of like a youth crew band. Okay. And we actually played like some decent shows. Like we we played a little bit, and we put out a demo, and then and that was it. Is it was that just anywhere? Like, like, can you find that like on YouTube or anything? Some I, sick I, bastard probably had the like. I don't. I don't think, craziness. I don't think you can find it anywhere. I mean, I have some demo tapes probably at my house somewhere. But, right. um, but yeah, we played some decent shows, and then from that point on, I didn't do bands for a few years. Then in late two thousand, I started Dead Wrong, and okay. those are all the bands that kind of like all that stuff is upstreaming. Everything from that point on, you know. So let's get into Dead Wrong then. So Dead Wrong kind of rose from the ashes. There was this band. So there was this band. From Connecticut, they were like a youth crew band. They put out a record on Smorgasbord Records called Follow Through. Okay. And um, so Follow Through broke up, and the singer started another band called... He he had a big integrity fetish, right? So, okay. And uh, he put out a band called Fear Tomorrow, and they put out a 7-inch. And um, they had this guitarist named Sean. So they, they put out a 7-inch. They didn't really play out too much. They were a cool band. And um, so when they broke up... Sean, the guitar player, was friends with me and friends with my friend Jack and and my friend Brett. And we kind of like, from the ashes of that band, we kind of carried on kind of what they were doing. And Because Dead Wrong is definitely integrity influence. It's like Cro-Mag's integrity-like thing. Okay. You know? And, uh, you know, we put out a demo. We recorded a record for uh, Jamie Joss' Stillborn label yeah. called Hell Bomb that he put out. And then we put out a split with the Bander from New Jersey. And we were Shout out to Joey fucking Stone. Yeah, Joey Southside. Joey Southside. Who's Joey Stone? I don't know yeah. Joey Southside. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> Joey Southside. I had him on early, and I had his brother on recently. Oh, yeah, his brother's a comedian, He's right? a comedian, yeah. So uh, we were around from 2000 to 2003. And then, yeah, at that point, I didn't do bands for a few years. For maybe like three years. And then um, Unforgiven came along. And Unforgiven essentially is... Three of the guys from the band With Honor, which were they were on Victory Records, they were on Stillborn Records. They they were a big touring act from Connecticut, kind of like a melodic hardcore. Okay. Um, and they did they you know they they toured Europe. They did a lot of stuff. I've they, heard of them, but I'm not familiar. Yeah, like their their last record was on Victory. Okay. And um, they were kind of like the dudes in the band were kind of like, um, you know, we want to do something a little heavier. You want to do some of this? And I was like, yeah. And it was pretty cool because those guys were like a well oiled machine, you know. Yeah. And. Uh, 
so we did a, a record with Unforgiven, like an EP, and then we did a song on a, on a compilation for Reaper Records. And um, we wanted to do a full length, and then all of a sudden, just kind of life got in the way. And of course, I moved, and it just kind of fell. Well, I had already moved, and I was coming back to the end. I moved to New York in 2005. Okay. I think Unforgiven started in 2007. So I would go back and forth, but you know, other people had stuff going on, and just kind of, you know, yeah, we had plans, but they fell through. And of course, Unforgiven still plays. It still plays every once in a while. We haven't written a song in like ten years, but you know, well, sometimes you don't need to. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. people, some, sometimes people like that nostalgia, bro. Sometimes, yeah, you know the you know the ones that were there and shit like that. You you know, yeah. And the the, the thing is, like, I'm dead wrong. Has done some shows. I think the last time we played Back to School Jam 2014 because nice. Greg Mongoloy's liked us, you know, and it was cool. Right, but. uh the thing is with these bands, like I, like I would play with any of these bands, and it's not even on some kind of like glory tip. Right. It's more of yeah. like these guys are my friends, and I enjoyed the times that we spent together and the camaraderie, and that's really like I don't do it for like that. Like oh wow wow we're playing I'm I'm getting the high off it from that. I'm like I enjoy literally anyone that I've been in a band with. There's nobody I hate. Everyone I really have gotten along with, and I don't really have any horror stories of being like oh this fucking guy. You right. Know? Like yeah. thankfully. And like, which is rare, man. If the guys from Dead Wrong tomorrow, like, hey, you want to play a show next week? I would be like, yeah, let's do it because I like love you guys. You know, right? Like, same sure. With, unforgive, same with manipulate. And the manipulate came came later. Oh, uh, uh, listen, we'll get into you know? some fucking manipulate, <laughs> man. Because I, I, I uh huh. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Let's get into manipulate. Sure. Because one of dude that becoming madness EP, that seven inch, is that shit. Still gets played. I listen to that shit constantly for forever. It's. I, I'm gonna say it's in like my. You're gonna think I'm bullshitting you, but people that listen that know me know that it. It might be like in my top ten to fifteen hardcore records ever. That's pretty crazy. But I th- thank you for that. It's, it's dude. Listen, you're like a sweetheart of a guy, but you fucking <laughs> listen to that fucking thing and you sound like a fucking axe murderer. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, you know what? That was a good time playing with those Bro, guys. Those are my guys. It's still, the you know. hardest fucking shit. It's so fucking hard. Um, every time that you guys played around that I was possibly even remotely able to go and check it out, I was there. Like, I tried to see you guys as much as possible whenever you guys played. You guys played that... The fucking the Purple Heart Foundation fucking benefit show well, I that, that I threw. Yep. Oh look, there's a little mouse. See him over there. Oh, wow, see him. See him. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Our romantic conversation <laughs> just got bombarded by two fucking weird people asking me about bridges and a mouse. <laughs> but um, so yeah, man. Like, I was talking to Bosky, and obviously everyone who heard that episode says, you know, there's there's songs with no lyrics and with no vocals on it yet on a hard drive in his basement. Which I don't like that he told me that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I want that shit to come out, and I want that shit to out. Like, dude, just fucking, obviously, I'm just the idiot fucking talking here, but if you guys fucking played another show, man, or, like, get that shit back together. Yeah, man. I mean, we haven't, played, we haven't played in two and a half years, about, and it's dude. not, there wasn't any, like, big break. I mean, I don't even really consider us broken up still. It's just kind of like... Everyone else had other shit going on. It's kind of like, well, yeah, well, you, you know, life gets in the way. There's no like bad blood. Obviously, I love all those guys, and I see them pretty frequently. Yeah, um, and hopefully, maybe someday we will play again. You know, well, it's like, like Paul is in fucking. You know, Paul has his own his other band, and you have you have Ricky's and Backtrack. But now Backtrack is done, so maybe he'll have a little bit of fucking free time. Hey, you know what? The future is unwritten. You know, who, who knows what will happen? <laughs> I'm, da- I'm down for anything. That's awesome. 
Yeah. So how was it like fucking making those two fucking the the the, the demo and 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 the seven? Well, the demo I remember we, re- we recorded with uh, Travis Bacon. Um, our drummer at the time, Lucas. Travis is his best friend. They've been in bands together and stuff. So Travis is really cool, like to, to work with. You know, it was uh, it was a demo. You know. Yeah. So hard as fuck, man. Yeah, like he did. I think he did a, a fine job on it. And it was it was it was a good experience recording with him. And then for the seven inch, we recorded uh, we recorded all the music with Stress at the at the Chop Shop in um, in um, where is he from? Uh, Philly. Yeah, it's it's outside of Philly. I forgot. It's uh. Anyway, it's a town outside of Philly, All but right. he has a great home studio set up, uh, you know, and we recorded there. It was a great time, and stress is awesome. And I actually recorded the vocals in the city. My friend John Grant, who uh, he worked for uh, a post-production uh, company, he, you know, he had a recording studio. He would record um, stuff for commercials and shit. And uh, this is the same guy I grew up with, you know, that record, used to record on 4-Track, record all bands. He was in my first band. Yeah. And he recorded the vocals just because, you know, like the vocals, I couldn't really do in one day. I, I wouldn't be, I couldn't be, I couldn't be traveling to, to PA and back to do it. It was a little too far. So right, sure. I would just go to Midtown and we, we did it, you know, over two or three sessions, I think. Really? And, uh, yeah, so the, both experiences were cool, you know, and, uh. Yeah, hey, if Manipulate ever wants to play again, I'm down. Any of my bands, really. I mean, I'm. Yeah. I just like playing. I miss playing. I'm. Op- I'm trying to get together something new. We'll we'll see what happens. It's it's tough, you know. I got my son. I got a lot of stuff on my well, plate. So well, yeah, man. Nobody. So we'll nobody's fucking fifteen, sixteen anymore. Yeah, you know unfortunately. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know, life gets in the way, but you know what? It's grown man shit. You have your son. I have my daughter. You got fucking work. You got responsibilities. So when it happens, it happens. I get it. Exactly. You know? It's like I could be like, oh yeah, get that shit back together. But dude, like, you know, I understand. <laughs> you know. So now, enter. When when did, when did you start? Maybe like popping in. I know you probably popped in and popped out a few times, and you started singing along with Isaac and Scarhead. Well, yeah. The cool the cool story about how I got into Scarhead was uh, Scarhead's always interesting. <clears throat> yeah. In, uh, in 2011, so Isaac had told me that. They were playing Columbia. I'm half Colombian. I've never been to Colombia. I had a brother. I had a brother over there that I'd never met. Really? Like I had interactions with him and talked and stuff, but we. I just. He never came to the states. My old my my brother. So to see my dad or anything like that. So uh, my dad was living in Colombia for the past the past few years of his life. He was very sick and he he wound up passing away over there. Okay. But so my dad passed away in 2011. And then Isaac was just like, when I told him, I was like, oh, man, I wish I could go with you guys, you know? Like, if I had some money, I would buy a ticket. He was just like, here's what I'm going to do. He's like, you, you're going to come to Columbia with Scarhead as the second singer, and you get to meet your brother. And I was like, ah. Oh, that's fucking beautiful, man. Yeah, I was, that's, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about him. He's he's a true brother for sure. And, uh, yeah, he, he took me to meet my brother. My brother came and watched one of our shows, hung out with us for the day. And my brother, like, even though he's Colombian, he speaks really good English, so... It was like, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was like, I think we played two shows. We played one smaller show, which is crazy, and we played one big fest. And we were there for, I think, four days. It was like a long weekend. And it was like a time that I'll never forget. And any, anyways, when we got back, from that point forward, I pretty much played, like, any local shows that Scar had played until until 2018. The last show that I played with them was uh, on a boat with Hatebreed. Sick. We did the boat show. And um, from that point forward, uh, Puerto Rican Mike came back. Yeah, played a couple shows. He had to go back to Arizona. He was in. He was. He came back and was staying in New York for a little bit. Right. With family. 
Yeah, so uh, there was a couple of District 9 shows that he wound yeah, up Yeah, they did like the a last area. show at uh, the Kingsland. Yeah. And then from that point forward, Scammed Us has recently joined the joined the band. He's doing the second singer with Zach right now. They're right. actually doing the West Coast, I think, next month in October. So oh, That's awesome. But yeah, like I played a lot of shows. I mean... Do you remember what fest you played with them over there? I forget the name of it, uh, but it was... It was a, it was it was pretty cool. It wasn't like crazy like European size fest like that crazy, but right. it was it was it was outdoors. And it was pretty big. Nice. Was um, that the first time when you went to Columbia? Was that the first time you were out of the country with with, with a band? Yeah, that was first. Yeah, that's the first time I was uh, out of the country with a band, and uh, yeah, we got treated really well. Like, and you went over to Europe too? No, I never. I've never really? been. I've never been to Europe. Really? <laughs> I've been to Canada. I've, not with a band, but this, these are the places that I've, I've visited nationally. Canada, Aruba, I've been Bahamas. to Aruba. I've Me been too. to Turks and Caicos. I've been. To, I haven't really been to any like cool. I, I'm like. Uh, I'm like, gonna play like fucking Berlin and shit. Yeah, I would. Hey, I would love to go on European tour or something like that if I could. But yeah, I I never got out of the country really to play. That was my only time. Yeah, and it was pretty cool. You grab so. fucking Mark from MAD and you fucking and the guys from Cortex and you'd be like, listen. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm gonna lay down tracks on the new fucking manipulate shit that Busky has on a hard drive. And then you'd be like, listen, because those European kids will fucking bug out. You'd be like, yo, we wanna come over there. And next thing you know, you have free round trip tickets, you play a couple of manipulate songs, you go to fucking your tour, you do a little quick little weekend run, you come back, and there you go, you put that little feather in your hat. Hey, I'm down, let's do it. See? <laughs> you could be my agent, you know? Like, listen, I'll fucking. Get us together. Listen, <laughs> put me on the job. I'm, that'd be awesome, dude. All right, so, so hey, you didn't record anything with uh, with Scarhead. Well, yeah, well, I did. I, I recorded um, a verse on. Uh, they did that covers record. Uh, Dream, oh Dream yeah, 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 that's They did right. Youth of Today. They did Break Down the Walls, and I recorded on that. But yeah, I didn't. They haven't put anything out since then. Right. So I think they have plans maybe to record something shortly. So. Uh, yeah, that was the only time I ever recorded them, unfortunately. But yeah, I know that. I know I'm not saying that Ezek doesn't take it serious, but I know Crown of Thorns is the more serious band in the Scarhead. It's just more of like a fun, more yeah, it's a funner vibe. Yeah, it's right? a funner so vibe. Funner vibe. Yeah, yeah for without sure. a doubt. Yeah, Snickers. You know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's of course. <laughs> <laughs> so you just touched on youth today, and you are straight edge. Yeah, have you been, been straight edge your whole life? I've been straight edge since I was 17. Okay, so I I had a period where like I drank and tried okay. shit and stuff. I yeah, I'm not one of those people that like never tried anything, but right. So you know what it's like at least you know. Like, yeah, exactly. Like I don't shit on anybody for for whatever they do. I, I'm I'm the last person to fucking preach, but like. It kind of rubs me the wrong way where there's, like, this kid, and I get it, and I'm not mad at the kid, but just, I don't know, like, yeah. all right, I'm straight edge, and I've been straight edge, but I've never once smoked a cigarette. I never once had a beer. I never, now, it's great that you're all pure and stuff like that, but I think that if you're straight, I can never claim straight edge, but it's... I, I, I don't know. This is just me talking. I feel like you need to go through some shit, and then you be, and if you become that, then it puts a different perspective on the importance of being straight edge. Does that does that even make sense? Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like it's kind of like I just butchered what I fucking. If was you thinking. never did the stuff, maybe it's it'll be in the back of your mind at some point, and. You know, like, for me, like, I did it, I know it, I don't like it, and... And it's out of your system. And my oldest brother was, like, had uh, struggles with addiction as well, so that kind of was something that kind of led me in that direction, too, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it made it easier for me to kind of... And as I got older, it just... You don't even think about that shit anymore. It's like, I never... You know, you get past a certain point, and 
you're, I mean, I never felt like I was tempted by anything else when, you know, I hung people, hang out with people that do all types of shit and always, oh, yeah. always have, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, all my friends that I grew up with that were straight edge, I mean, there's a couple left, you know, but I, yeah, I just never, I never let that peer pressure get to me and that stuff. And I, it's just something that, it's almost like it's like breathing after a while, you know? It's like, it's just, it's not even a thing, you know what yeah. I mean? You know, and it's, it's still, I mean, hey, being straight edge is still, uh, still a pretty, you know, it's it's a statement to be straight edge. It's, oh, without a doubt. You know, just even I think even as an adult, like I'm, I just turned forty, so, you know, you get in these weird conversations where like people, you know, people ask if you want to drink, and you're like, no, but you want to explain to them the whole deal, right? And they're like, they might think you had an addiction problem or something, or right. like, why isn't this? Like, it's hard for some people, like normal society, for them to wrap their heads around why someone wouldn't want to drink or partake in that type of stuff, right? Like, it's it's this weird like mentality where they can't even fathom right they can't fathom why you would want to do that you know right. and they can but those people like like they don't know how to socialize without that kind of stuff a lot of the times yeah exactly you know they need I mean? that they need right. that to kind to, of to get loosen out there. up like to have a conversation like and that's cool hey you know no not hating on anybody oh no me neither not at yeah. all you know i mean i've had my bouts up and down like crazy like i've said it several times like i'm i'm like no joke like I'm lucky, legitimately, like, to be fucking alive, dude. Like, I've had crazy, like, I think back at some of the places and the people I was with and and shit that I was doing and situations that I found myself in because of all the shit that I was doing. Like, I don't know how the fuck I got out of that shit alive. Like, several things, you know, but, like, for, like, seven years, I was completely 100% sober. Then I went nuts for, like, three and a half years after a whole bunch of shit went down and I was just like, fuck it. And now I'm, like, October 1st is five years nothing i have like this little stupid little tobacco vape pen that's it i don't smoke pot i don't do nothing but like like the same thing i go to a show it's like i have friends of mine that do shit you know what i mean that do all kinds of shit i don't hate on them like it's like listen it's your life i'm not not one to preach because you know what 10 years ago i was doing that times 10 right you know what i mean so oh don't do that listen man it's your life you're a grown adult you make your own decisions it's fine you ask me for help i'm here for you but other than that i'm not nobody to fucking preach you know what i mean it's your life, your decision, you know? You're cool with me, I'm cool with you. Listen, there might be some people out there that fucking hate on me for this, that, and the other thing for whatever fucking reason. It doesn't matter. Listen, just because you don't like me, that doesn't mean I have anything against you. Like, I'm fucking... I, I walk around, I'm fucking cool with everybody. I have no issues with nobody. Right. No matter what they do, what they say. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm 44 years old, I got a kid, I have a job. I yeah, you got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, man. man. Yeah. It's like, am I still in high? Am I, am I in a playground in fucking high school still? <laughs> yeah. I'm not. You know what I mean? I did that once already. You know, it's fucking crazy. So now, all right. So you did today, like one of my favorite bands ever. Oh, same, same here. Top, uh, top five for sure. I, they might be in mine too. And even as like a little kid, like I had like this little summer job upstate New York. Like in between, like my parents had a summer house upstate, so I would go up there for a couple of years in between school. And this little job. And a friend of mine, my friend Sal, gave me a, a tape, a cassette tape. This is 19, I don't know, 88 maybe, 87. And he gave me a tape, and it was Can't Close My Eyes, We're Not In This Alone, Break Down The Walls, all on both sides of a tape. That's, a good, that's a good friend. Dude, <laughs> dude, that tape got played front to back all summer long, every day during my job and that was before I even knew anything about straight edge, we're talking 1980 something I wasn't in the hardcore scene yet, I had never even gone to a show yet, you know what I mean so I would listen to that shit for some weird reason, that shit spoke to me and still to this day, like I saw 
you did today at last time I saw them I missed them when they played New York recently but I saw them at they played the Thursday of This Is Hardcore. Was it the Friday of This Is Hardcore a couple of years ago? Yeah, I remember that. That was like the first show they did with uh, Walter and Yo, Sammy. man. I know. I saw videos. I was so pissed that I couldn't uh, make it. I was that. in the middle of that shit, man. I felt like I was 15. That was the greatest shit, man. Yeah, I didn't see that lineup until that. You know, like you said, they just played that weekend in the city where they, they played, uh, I think it was Brooklyn Bazaar. Yes. Um, Saint Vi- I saw them at St. Vitus that weekend, and they played... Uh, what's that that place? Something Market Hotel, I think, on Monday. They did like a Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Really? But I saw them at the, at the Saturday show. I would say Vitus with that with that lineup, and it was it was awesome. I mean, that's one of my all time favorite bands. And the thing is, it's like I remember, you know, when you you're younger and you you hear this stuff for the first time and it hits you a certain way. Sure. And like you get to be older, nothing really grabs you like that. It's almost like I, I wish I could hear them again for the first time. Uh. A lot of these records because. When you're younger, this shit hits you so hard. You get older, you get a little jaded. It's not the same. You can still enjoy stuff, but when you're young and impressionable, this stuff is really life-changing. All this, like, hardcore punk, any type of music, you know, is life-changing. They say that, like... When you're a teenager, you listen. The music you listen to then is usually the music you're gonna listen to for the rest of your life. You know, it's pretty much true. Uh, yeah, it's I, pretty much true, dude. It's like there's a lot of bands that are around right now, and there's this band. I'm not obviously I'm not gonna mention names, but you know, there's this band and that band and this band that. And I'll listen to it. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Heard it 145 times, but then nothing sounds like fucking. Ray Capo after he fucking screams fucking take a stand and then at the end it says that's that like that shit still fucking makes my fucking skin crawl dude you know what I mean it's it's the best man it's so fucking good it's and and so you get like I'll be honest man I listen to a lot of shit here and there you know but I have like maybe 30 records that are in the heavy rotation that's always being played and it's like I'll you know I'll Splice off here and there. Hey, I'll I, check it out. Yeah, I still love discovering new bands and stuff. But, Me too. But there's yeah the classics that are always going to be rotation, like you're saying. Right. Like ridiculous, man. Like fucking like mentally vexed from fucking from from mentally vexed to to break down the walls to you know pick a wisdom and change record to. Terra to oh I mean Sick of It All is my all time favorite band. Everybody already knows that. Like I'll listen to Blood, Sweat and No Tears, man, and I'll still just be like like that fucking opening guitar riff of World Full of Hate just makes me fucking angry still. Dude. Yeah, that's and I those... could be in a great mood like angry like it's like fuck man. Like that's it still those... gives me that fucking feeling. That's one of those starter kit records, you know, everyone should hear that when they're younger and like when you're coming up and listen, discovering hardcore, like that's just one of those all-time classics. That classic. It's, I mean, sick of it all. They're still doing it. They're still killing it. Killing really. it. You, fifty people in the room or fifty thousand. My only complaint with them is they they don't seem to play like as much old stuff as I would like. <laughs> but I get it. You you record so many records, you want to put those kind of in. Sure. You know, I kind of like. I like some of the stuff after Built to Last, but Built to Last is really the last one that I really like and listen to a lot. Okay, bro, you, know? you need to listen to fucking Death I, to I, Tyrants. I have, I have the record, you know, I just, and I listen, and I like some of the stuff, but it just seems like if I'm going to throw them on, it's Blood, Sweat, No Tears, Just Look Around, you know, uh, Scratch the Scratch Service, or, of or the 7 Inch, you know, like of it's course. just, yeah, you just kind of fall into that with some bands. So. Yeah, it was awesome yeah. because, like, I, I did, but episode 50, I was at their studio, they were in the middle of recording their last record, and I did, I did an episode it was me and jerry farley and the three guys from sick of it all everybody but pete and just fucking around like i i wrote down like my dream set list 
It was like 40 fucking songs on it. <laughs> they were all like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, well, you know what was, I don't even know the words to that. You know, I don't know what to play that. Well, like, you know what was cool is they played the Rev 25th anniversary shows, Revelation Record 25th anniversary show yes. at Irving Plaza. This is uh, five or six years ago. And they played like a set of like all 7-inch and Bloodsport Materials. Uh, it was so sick. Sick. Well, they did that, that, that Triborough tour thing. I, I saw them at St. Vitus, I believe, on that. I saw them at the Bowery Electric. Did you get one of those book things? With the uh, CD and the record? No, I got the the, the, the record. The, oh, you got the record. The okay. book with the record. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, like, yeah dude, that thing yeah, is awesome. That's in like my shelf in my fucking yeah, that, living room. Yeah, that came out great. I remember I bought it at that. Yeah, I had yeah. to get that shit. But um, that, it was incredible to see them at the Bowery Electric with like 150 people. Yeah, that sounds like, I mean, it sounds like awesome, but it also sounds like pure misery, you know? Oh, that shit was <laughs> just fucking tight. It was uh, so, ca- it was chaos. It was so good, dude. I'm sure it was. It was just, it was seven inch, blood, sweat, no tears. It yeah. was the first three records. So what do they play? They played Blackthorn, right? It was Blackthorn, Bowery Electric, and St. Vitus that weekend, I believe, right? Blackthorn right. and Queens, yes. I think. It was definitely Blackthorn, right. St. Vitus, and it might, it might have Yes, yeah, so yeah, I was at the Bowery like, show. Yeah. yeah, I was at St. Vitus. Okay. Yeah, fucking incredible. Yeah, but I, I always, whenever I see Lou, like he, he always, and I always say that Blood Sweat Notes is my favorite hardcore record ever, and he cringes because he hates the way he sounds yeah, on it. That's like, like yeah. that is like the, and I, here's the thing, I, I get it. If you're in a band, right. you're always, yeah, I get where you're you're always gonna too. like the newer records better and think that, but like a shit like that, that's like a seminal hardcore record that like. That's like unmatched classic. That's like will stand the test of time. Yep. That like is just you can't. I get it. Like you know you you've grown as an artist or whatever, grown as a singer. But man, there's something about like that's like the primal fucking hard oh, shit. Sure. You know? Yeah. There's a few records that that are. It's like a time and a place. Like 1989 that came out. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like, like New York hardcore is that like it's one of its peak eras. You know, like violence, CBGBs. Like it was just like a dangerous place. You know, like oh, you can hear that time. in that record. You know, sure. Just like, that's that's like I mean, and it's it, like obviously I wasn't there for that, but you can hear that in the record. Oh, me you know? too. I yeah. didn't hear that record probably until 1992, 1993. You know. Okay. But, yeah. So along the same, there's some four years. So yeah. So we're basically like on the same timeline, basically. Because, yeah, so there's a few records that are like that. Like, I find Blood, Sweat, No Tears to be timeless. Victim in Pain is timeless. Oh, totally. The first suicidal record, I think, is timeless. Oh, yeah, that's another. You know, there's not a lot that are actually timeless. But, like, those three off the top of my head are like, dude, you can listen to that first suicidal record, and that shit could have came out last year. Yeah, you know what's funny? Except for I Saw Your Mommy. (laughs) It makes me think of... uh, because remember, Suicidal recorded the first record over again. They did that Soul Psycho record. Yes. And Sick of It All recorded the 7-inch over again. They did that nonstop. Yes. And I remember, like, when Sick of It All did that, that was, like, a few years ago. I was like, oh, man, why are they re-recording the old stuff? You know, I was like, I wasn't into it. Right. Because, like, you know, it's like the classic shit, you know, but, like, when Still Psycho came out, I was a big suicidal fan, and yeah. I was like 13, and I liked it. And I, I think if that came, I still like it, but I think if it came out now, I'd kind of be like, oh, why are they doing that? You know? <laughs> like, why are you messing with the class? But it's cool. It's a cool idea. I get it. You know? Yeah, of course, man. Shit. So, so anything band wise going on? Like any anything cooking? What, what what do you got going on? Anything? I have nothing going on. Um, band wise. Uh, I do have... Um, you said there's, there's something that you wanted to put together. Yeah, I'm thinking of doing a something, but it's just it's hard to find the personnel, you know? Like, I'm I'm talking to people, so maybe something will happen at some point, but it's still in the, you know... In the, the, early, in the infant, <laughs> yeah. just talking about an idea phase? The infantile stages, yeah. So right. hopefully something will come up with, you know, no rush. I'm not going anywhere, you know? Right, I hear you. But, oh, uh, shit. 
Uh, one of my best friends, uh, my friend Jay Reason, he sang for the band Voice Reason. He sang for the band The Distance. He's also he does the podcast he, with Isaac. Right, he does Diablos with Isaac. Um, he's someone that's been involved in. Uh, he was Jamie Joss's right hand man for Stillborn Records. Okay, he was I a didn't label, know that. He okay. was a label manager for for many years, working side by side. What happens? Jamie kind of took him under his wing. They worked together for a while. Then Jay was doing The Distance, and he kind of wanted to give it the best shot he could so he he kind of left stillborn and um tried to do the distance for a bit and then when he stopped doing that he got back into the the record industry he worked at sony music for a little bit he was a digital project manager he managed like campaigns for like michael jackson project uh, billy joel probably a lot of big stuff oh no shit anyways uh recently he's getting back into the the doing a record label and uh his record label is called Static Era Records and I'm helping him with it. Oh that's awesome. And essentially uh you know it's going to be a, a full you know full-time label and uh the first um release on it is a band called Sights and Sounds and it's the singer from uh Comeback Kid. Oh no shit. It's more of like a rock vibe. Okay. And they we're going to be doing a a new Cruel Hand record actually as well. And uh Chris wow. Link Chris Linkovich who sings for Cruel Hand he's you know he was an outbreak he's in terror he plays yep. bass. They're going to be doing a new record for us, and another thing we've been working on is just uh, trying to get some uh, some streaming stuff for some records that you know aren't up on streaming. Like we're going to be releasing uh, Sworn Enemies, Negative Outlook. Nice. I think the IDS record also on streaming because that's not available right now. Right. And uh, Full Blown Chaos, their whole catalog. I don't think is. I think they have one record on there. Really? Yo, that Wake the Demon. Yeah. So is... a lot of that Full Blown Chaos stuff, we're going to be putting that up for streaming and working with some other bands. On stuff like that too, but also signing new bands. But uh, I'm helping him with that and just oh, uh, great, you know and stuff like that. And he, he, of course, he's doing the podcast with Isaac, and you know they've done about I think seven episodes so far. So, yeah. but he's my best friend. We've been friends since 1996, and okay. you know we've been through it all. You know, he's that's like my uh, like I said, my best friend. So yeah, did bands together. Went to I mean, he's been my guy that I've gone to show shows with forever. You know, sure. so. But, uh, oh, that's yeah. dope, man. So we're excited about that. And you can, I think, uh, Static Era Records is on Instagram. Okay. And, you know, I think there's uh, staticerarecords.com. So check that stuff out. You know, it's yeah. stuff is in the infantile stages. He actually also helped uh, Ian McFarland with the uh, Godfathers of Hardcore <laughs> stuff as well. He did oh, some graphic God, design dude. for that and helped him kind of communicate with and get some distribution and stuff like that how, with some people. How incredible was that documentary? Oh, the way. I had Ian McFarland on talking about I, that. I saw that. It, yeah. That's fucking great. That was a... Uh, I mean, yeah, totally a great documentary. Something where, you know, you don't really get to see hardcore in a, such a, a cool light like that. You yeah, know? man, it's a different angle. It's not just yes, of course, it's about the music, but it's more. It's a personal it's a story. story of two people, you know, it's who did great. this, did this historic band that's you know still influencing people and still playing and. Yeah, just the whole narrative of it is just incredible, dude. And it's one of those things that you could get, like you know, your mom to watch, and I think she'd be interested. It Absolutely. appeals to to people, even if, and that's the the sign of like a great documentary. If like you watch something about something that you'd otherwise have no interest in, and it and it grabs you, and, it, and you you can watch it and be interested in it. You know? Yeah, I think I think so. I'm paraphrasing, but like Ian Ian said that he was like you know. They shopped it, I think, to 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 Showtime, and Showtime was like, you know, we know that if we do like a you know a thirty for thirty with like Michael Jordan, we we know that you know it's gonna get crazy, you know, you know views and whatnot. He's like, but but we're not gonna pass on this because it was so well done that we're gonna give this a shot. So Showtime fucking and, had that. Yeah, and it also seemed like, I mean, I was a subscriber of Showtime for a while, and 
they really had a lot of music documentaries. They did like the they had the Genesis one. They had the one on on the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, they had the one on, yeah. <laughs> on Quiet Riot. Right. Like there was. They definitely kind of had a theme of like. Yeah, definitely different. But, a little different. And then when the AF one comes out, they do the Gigi Allen one too. But oh, Jesus! You know, they uh-huh. uh, they definitely had this kind of theme where they focus a lot on music documentaries, and this is you know obviously a very important piece of history that yeah. kind of goes unseen, doesn't get the recognition it deserves. Obviously, you know, and uh, it's just cool to see them get that recognition, and, you know, after all this time, and you know, kind of find maybe some new people discovering them. You know, yeah. even though they've been around for thirty five years. Of you know? course, yeah, well, being on Showtime and stuff like that, it's like you know, fucking Jennifer whatever. Ever soccer mom somewhere has no idea just comes across and it comes across around. it and next thing you know like there's this intimate story of like you know this this dude who's heavily tattooed but you know it's it's just incredible and that's awesome that that you actually brought that up because I had no idea that Jay Reason did did graphic work for yeah him. he helped he helped Ian a lot with that and stuff and uh, you know he's definitely uh, so good then Jay Reason deserves a little bit of shine however reach how much reach this gets but you know well for sure he's you know he's Jo is uh has always been one of those people that he helped out a lot of bands in the Connecticut scene. Growing up and he book shows and 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 stuff like that and uh, he was always kind of the guy that would he would help any band with it you know if he, they needed something like you know as far as distribution or some advice about something because you know he's he's probably like uh, you know he's very impressive Jay dropped out of high school I met him he was working at Dunkin Donuts he was a high school dropout. <laughs> Uh, you know, he, he like had a his, lot of us. Yeah, he had like a band voice reason. He he became friends with Jamie and Jamie was obviously booking a lot of shows in Connecticut and had a lot of contacts and Jamie took Jay under his wing and just kinda taught him the ropes about booking and and doing records and Jamie uh Jay helped Jamie take that his stillborn label to kind of the next level, you know? And um you know, Jay is like uh, someone that he's a very smart guy. Like I just I just think about him, like I've said, he's a high school dropout and he he worked at Sony Music for, you know, a couple of years. Fortunately, they had a layoff, and he was, you know, they did a mass layoff. Obviously, the music industry isn't doing that well. Sure. But, you know, from this guy that just, he's a self-made guy, and he's just he's just always been great at networking and, and getting things done and helping bands and doing A&R and just, like, I can't yeah. say enough good things about him. He's a great guy. That's smart, awesome, Smart dude. That's awesome. So. That's beautiful, man. So now, where do you want to, yo, do you want to? I don't know. Besides manipulate stuff, and I don't know if Scar. I don't know, but the whole Scarhead thing. But you want to you want to end this like after we you know wrap up all your social media stuff, whatever, and then tack on like a song or two from one of your past bands. Sure. Yeah, we could do like I don't know. You open dead wrong, unforgiven, manipulate on there. You know, all right. We could do that. One, two, three in a row. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you want. You're the boss. Man. I'm not the boss. This is your podcast. This no, is this podcast. is no. It's not my podcast. <laughs> it's not mine at all. It's I come here and shoot the shit with you. So technically, it's more your episode than anything. It's our episode. How about that? All right. There we go. As we both sit on a park bench, watch <laughs> the mean, mics you, play. You brought the equipment. So I did. Yeah, all this <laughs> equipment. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Cool, man. So, so you want to tell everybody where they can find you, bands, whatever, and you know, on Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, on Twitter. Uh, what is that? Are you mostly active on Twitter? I'm on. No, I'm. I'm more active on Instagram. Right. Um, but I'm. I'm active on Twitter. But I. I'm trying to think if I can remember my. Uh, my handle off the top of my head. Give me who, one second. Who, who runs? Who runs the the manipulate Instagram? It's manip- I, It's manipulate myhc. I know right. that. I think. Um, Ricky or Busky maybe did I can't I can't remember I think maybe it was it was Ricky that ran it. Okay. Um, and my Twitter and uh, IG is Ivan X Edge. So I V A N X E D G E. I mean I just you know I'll usually post uh, 
pictures from shows that I go to. Nothing, nothing crazy, you know. That's your Instagram handle. Yeah, it's my Instagram and my Twitter handle. Okay, so. awesome. But uh, I'm not really a crazy Twitter user. I, I mean, I go on there and read other stuff, but I post occasionally. But mainly, Instagram is probably my my most uh, used social media. I mean, I have a Facebook too, but I don't even ever post on there. Right. You know, like I said, the IG is pretty much banned pictures. Maybe a picture of my son. Right. Uh, other. Random bullshit, you know. Random nothing, nonsense. Nothing too, yeah, nothing too exciting. Right. <laughs> well, but, shit that you like, man. Listen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, it's Instagram's like show and tell. You know, it's just it's your highlight reel, dude. Yeah. It's like well, I well, post a couple times a week. Yeah, you know, yeah. I post an old fly. I like posting like, I mean, if you like like uh, nostalgia stuff, like I post like old flyers, maybe some old shirts that I have. You know, I I collected shirts a little bit for a while when I was younger, so I'll post stuff like that and just, you know, maybe like an anecdote about the band or about the show that, you know, if I went to it that I can remember. I like doing stuff like that or I'll post, you know, uh, pictures of zines and stuff, just stuff, you know, I have so much hardcore crap that like, I was one of those people I never threw stuff out, so I have almost every flyer that I ever was handed, was ever handed to me. Yeah, I would just have this binder when I get home, I just unfold it from my pocket and just throw it in there and I just... Just leave it. I just and it's. I'm so glad I saved all that stuff because sure. I have a lot I of just, stuff like that too. Not I everything, but a lot. Yeah, me I too. I love looking back on that stuff. I'm and it's. I'm not one of those people that's like a living the past guy, but the past is important. Sure, today is more important, but still. That stuff brings back a lot of nice memories. And, well, listen, and I, I think people like seeing it. You know, I'm the same way when it comes to like there's certain things. Like I, I'm, I'm notorious. I throw shit away all the time. But there's certain things that I will always hold on to. Like I have all kinds of old flyers. I have old ticket master ticket stubs for like Roseland shows and all this stuff. I have all that kind of shit. But so I, I'll, ne- I'll never get rid of any of that shit. You know, pictures I don't get rid of, like actual legit pictures. Of course not. I don't get rid of that. All my old I wish flyers. I, I, I wish I had more pictures. You know, I, I do have, have a lot. good amount, but I wish I had more. For some weird reason, like when I was like in my teens and early twenties, I was always the idiot with the disposable camera. That's you were smart, man. And and people would be like, "Yo, why the fuck do you have that thing all the time?" We'd be at bars and shit, like, "Dad, I just take yeah, pictures." Yeah, it's like nowadays everyone's got the camera phones. Right. Everyone's taking pictures like nonstop. But right, I was that guy, <laughs> and I have all of these pictures still. People are like, "Holy shit, where was that?" And like, people forget that they were even there. I'm like, "Nah, man." I was lucky when I was in Dead Wrong. Um, a friend of ours named Shannon Gill, she took so many pictures pretty much of every show we ever played so like we have a lot of cool like documentation as far as that's concerned but you know I think it's so cool that we live in a kind of a you know, now that everyone's got... I mean, it can be annoying. You go to a show, everyone's whooping out their, their phones and stuff. Of course. It can be annoying, but it's very cool that all this stuff is documented, you know? Absolutely. And same like, you know, what's that? Uh, hey, fi- hey, five, hey, five, six. Oh, shout out to Sonny Singh. Yeah, man. like, that's that shit's really cool, you know? That like, dude breaks his ass. He was, like, in Japan, bro. He's I, at every every major show around. Dude, you know? I went to Philly last weekend. I, did, I wrapped up three episodes. At this point, people listen. I did an episode with the guys from the Street News Podcast, Joe Hardcore. And fucking and Schlack, and I asked Sonny because I was like, "Listen, I'm coming in. You know, I don't know if you could be around because you have a crazy schedule." He's like, "Ah, I'm gonna be in Japan." I'm like, "Fuck, man, going to Japan to fucking film hardcore bands." Yeah, going to Japan is a. I think it's a bucket list for a lot of people. I would. Love, I'd love to go at some point. Me too. Cool. Well, on that note, man. Well, well can I just mention one last thing? No, I, I totally, no, I totally, ahead, man. I totally forgot. So me and Jay Reason, actually, another project we've been working on. Oh, is, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to be doing a, a kind of a limited-run podcast, not something that's going to be regular, but we're doing one, um, and our friend Jason Rook actually is involved. He's a he's actually originally from Pittsburgh, and he relocated to Connecticut years ago, and he's 
he's actually a school teacher, but he's been very fastidious in, in uh, interviewing some past uh, members of the CT hardcore scene, uh, getting old flyers, getting a list of every band that ever existed. We're going to be doing a Connecticut hardcore themed podcast of kind of the history of Connecticut hardcore. We did a pilot episode for it a few months ago, but uh, you know we're just going to try to kind of go through each era, maybe like a five year span. Maybe have you know we weren't around the '80s, so maybe have someone from the '80s, a couple of people from the '80s as a guest. Yeah, the '90s and 2000s was really our era, so we'll be able to kind of speak on that. But um, I think we're going to call it "Not One Truth" after the Hatebreed song, right? And um, that's something that hopefully by the end of the year we'll, you know, we're all very busy, so we'll hopefully start kind of posting some episodes. Maybe do we're thinking you know five, six, seven episodes, something like that. I think that's awesome because so. because like we were just saying, like it just bleeds right into you. Well, you just said bled right into what we're talking about about documenting shit. You know what I mean? Like like me personally, I you know, I born and raised in New York. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm I know all the New York stuff now, like I know all the Philly stuff now and stuff like that, but I really wasn't too hip too much on the Connecticut scene. Yeah, Connecticut is a very important you know, you, I, I know I know it's youth of today is from Connecticut. I know, I know, oh, I know that. <laughs> I know like, that. You know? Sure. But uh, yeah, like uh, the Anthrax Club, obviously I, I missed that by a couple of years, but you know, that's kind of the that was a big club during the eighties, you know, early very early nineties, you know, that uh Everyone that was anybody at then that era played the Anthrax, you know. So, yeah, Connecticut was the stop between New York and Boston that every band used to hit. Yeah, and um, you know we gave birth to a lot of good bands. Obviously, like I said, Hatebreed, Death Threat, Hundred Demons, Youth of Today. You know, um, there's a whole you know, shit. They, I know that stuff. Force, like- Force Reality, which is one of the big, biggest, you know, greatest oi bands ever. Yeah, you know, there's. Connecticut has a kind of a, a great history, and I think if you like any of those bands, you'll like the podcast, or you know, you'll like you'll like hearing about that stuff because we were all there, we experienced it. Yeah, and even like if even if like like I know that stuff, so I know like the top tier bands and stuff like that, but like I don't know like the local bands and stuff like that. Yeah, so, there's a lot of great local so bands. So you that touch never on really, that stuff, and, that, and that hopefully would be great. We're, it's going to be a multimedia thing. We'll have a website where you'll be able to go, and we'll direct you to uh, you know certain bands. Either on streaming or we'll have some some music posted. So if yeah. you've never heard this band, like there's a great band uh, from Connecticut called Dismay, that was one of the, our top bands in the '90s, and they were very reminiscent of Burn Absolution type of style. Right, they're, they're fucking great. And the the singer Ian, he actually passed away a few years back, but just an awesome band that. If you weren't around that era, it kind of gets lost to time. So right. we'd like to bring light to a band like that where who might have been overlooked. Yeah, maybe. but I, I think a lot of people would dig. You know, like yeah. if you and I think you know, obviously, if you were from that era, you heard them and stuff. And but you know, it's twenty years later, and yeah. that's the thing is a lot of these bands that don't make it from. You know, there's a lot of like best kept secrets. They never make it out of their local area. There's another band, Some of All Fears. Right, great band. Never really made it out of Connecticut too much. But I think if you heard their record, it's as fresh today as it was when it came out in, like, 1997 or 1998. Really? Like, just, yeah, hopefully, like I said, illuminate some lesser-known bands and get people maybe to, you know, think about them and, you know, give them, you know, some listens, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. Well, if you need any kind of help, I know that Jay Reason's a graphic design guy and stuff. If you need any help with any kind of flyers or any kind of advertisement stuff, feel free to ask me. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I enjoy doing this shit. I, so, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, any, whatever you need, man. So if I could help you, if you want my help, if you need my help, which you probably don't, but um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll hook you up however I can, dude. Because I think that's Thank awesome you. that you're doing that. It's a fucking beautiful thing. Good shit. Yeah, thanks. On, 
Thanks for this. This was a good time. Yeah, man. We sit here bullshit. I could talk about music all night. All oh, day, yeah, you know? me too, man. Like, we fucking... <laughs> now, well, actually, I'll retouch on you said something. You, you, you brought up... I don't know. You brought up Quiet Riot for some reason. Oh, they... Uh, well, I was saying Showtime, they picked up all these music. That's right. Well, and that made me think as you were saying Did that... Did you see that documentary, by the way? I didn't, but... Oh, you the, gotta see that. But the highlight of my entire time when I was up in Alaska, I saw Quiet Riot live. Oh, wow. So you saw them with Kevin Dubrow. The yes. Same, right? Once. He, that's cool, because he passed away, so... Yes. And the documentary you have to see, because it's really about the drummer, Frankie... I forget his last name. It's about him just Hero? keeping... I, I forget his no, last no, name. No, I'm thinking AJ Perra. I'm thinking yeah, Twisted yeah. Sister guy. I think it's like Frankie Benzali or something. Okay. Something along those lines. But it's really about him trying to keep the band together. He's really the only original member, and he's just he's trying to keep it together. And it's a really uh, interesting, entertaining documentary. So if you get a chance, oh, I'll definitely I, check I it out. It, you know. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I love a, a good music documentary. Like that Twisted Sister one was cool. Oh, that was great. Oh, wow. Like I said... Do I like the Eagles? I like a couple of songs, all right. You know, but that two-part Eagles documentary that was on Showtime was great. Right. And that Genesis one was awesome. And these I are, didn't see it. Yeah, these are bands I don't really like. I like a couple. Like, I don't hate them, but, like, these are bands I don't really listen to. But the, the no. whole narrative and story and the history of the band is just so fascinating and the way it's presented. Oh, sure. You know? I don't see, I don't see you being the type of guy walking out the street listening to Phil Collins. I, I like some Phil Collins stuff. You know? Yeah. That's the cool <laughs> thing, like, about, like... Now we have Spotify, Apple Music. Yeah. You subscribe for the month, and pretty much every band in the world is at your fingertips. So now it's like, you know, if I want to listen to, like, a Madonna song or something, it's I don't have to have it downloaded on my iPod. It's there. Right. Like, it's like I pay $10 a month, and it's, like, anything that I want. Yeah. I'm not mad at which, Madonna. Yeah, like, no, not at all. But I listen like, to Ray of Light all day. I think, yeah, it's a great song. But, like, <laughs> I think, like, this era that we live in, like, with... Where music, and I get it, like, people complain about Spotify and Apple Music, like, not they're not paying the bands enough, and, you know, it's 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 a double-edged sword. This whole... It is. The record industry wasn't ready for this big change that happened, and the repercussions are still being felt, you know, but as a music fan, you can't be in a better time period, you know, everything that you want is available for the most part, and... You know, it's it's awesome. I just wish, and me and Jay are trying to work on this with his label. Like I said, we're working on getting streaming for certain bands like Sworn Enemy, Fullmoon Cast. I'm trying to reach out to to other older bands that they might not know how to navigate the Spotify's, the Apple Music's, and if their their music isn't up on these streaming platforms, talking with them and and facilitating that because. I think there's a lot of bands that are up there that 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 aren't available now. That like it would be, it would be great, you know. It's yeah. like I, there's no reason. Like my bands didn't really do much. They're available. It's like I'm trying to think of a band off the top of my head where like their stuff isn't readily available right now. Well, I say Leeway was available. I'm not sure what the logistics they are. It got taken down within the past few months. But like Born to Expire and Desperate Measures are not available on streaming right now. That's, that's like crazy. That's a crime to me. That's a fucking. It's a crime. crime. Like that's like crucial shit. Crucial. You know, crucial. Like, I'm sure it'll get ironed out and figured out eventually yeah. again. Because like I said, it was up there, but there was some kind of, you know. But that, that's what I'm saying. We're trying to facilitate some bands that don't have stuff that to get that stuff up there, just so it's there, so people can listen to it if they want to. You know. Yeah, man. There's no reason why this stuff. You know, some people, like I said, some people they don't know it's, they don't know how to navigate the current technology right they don't give a fuck maybe they weren't thinking about it right you know like let's get that stuff up there so people can listen to it because you got to get with the times even though sometimes it could be annoying yeah like there's so much there's definitely like a lot you know 
it's cool for bands now. It's so much easier to get a, a demo up on streaming now and stuff. But yeah. there's just like a lot of stuff, man. That's it's 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 got to be up there, like just old compilations and stuff. And I think it would be really simple if we you know if we talk to some of these people and got that going. So that's kind of like what we're focusing on with this label as well as releasing new records. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Good shit. Well, shout out to you and shout out to fucking Jay Reason for doing this shit because you know. Bands that either got overlooked, well, even like like you said, like fucking like full blown chaos. How is full blown chaos not available for streaming? Yeah, the funny thing is, I I remember me and Jay talking about this. We we're thinking just thinking of bands, you know. And I see Ray a lot. You know, Ray's a great guy. Yep, Ray, shout Ray out to Ray. And uh, and you know, I, by brick guys, Valenti, of course, Mike Valenti, Jameson, yeah, all those man. guys. Um, so yeah, we were, uh, you know, we were talking and we we're just like, geez, you know, full blown is a band that Jay used to work with at Stillborn, you know, so. We looked on we look on Spotify. They have one record up there, so it's kind of like what record is only on there? What is it? <sighs> Let me look. We'll look like right, for Heavy Lies the Crown or something like we'll, that. We'll maybe look right now. So they got one record up there right because now. because let me tell you, fucking uh, in the grasp of Titans is fucking retarded, man. So right now I'm opening my Spotify. Yes, and we're looking for uh, full blown. And I'll tell you what they have up there right now. Because that's ridiculous. Wake the Demons isn't on there. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, but right now all they have is Heavy Lies the Crown on there. But Jeez. we're facilitating all the other stuff. So that stuff's going to be coming within the, the coming months. So yeah. just if you're a full-blown fan, if you're a Sworn Enemy fan, and any other stuff that we facilitate, we'll obviously we'll talk about. We'll, we'll get the word out there. But those are two things that I know people are psyched about, you know, they're, yeah. That are you know they're psyched that those things are going to be available on streaming because they've been out of print for so long, right? You know, and it's important. Like I said it's important for for that stuff to be out there. It's a it's a crime that stuff like that isn't available. Absolutely, you know. Now, not even saying this because it's my podcast. I don't give a shit about likes and shit like that. But whoever's listening, fucking share that shit because bands need to hear that, and there could be an opportunity for this shit to be out there. We will help facilitate that in any way possible. And you know, talk talk with any any old bands, you know, anything anyone that needs, you know, help with their past catalog that you know that you know we could help you with, you know, just please please get in touch, talk with us, you know. It's like I've reached out to a lot of people and like we you know we're getting some stuff. So hopefully we just keep the ball rolling. You know, uh, it's all about documenting and all about getting stuff up there that that should be fa- should be found here's a band that's not up there like Absolution you can't really there's like 20 Absolutions first of all if you go on Spotify that's like right. I don't think it's we, any of the Absolution real Absolution with, with Gavin yeah like, like I, Gavin shit. if, you, if right. you listen to this I'm sure maybe you know someone that could probably help you otherwise but please this stuff needs to be up there man like Absolution's a great band yep I just that that's it should be up there for people to listen to Absolutely. you know what I mean like please yeah. If it's not us, <laughs> Gavin Van Black. If it's not us, somebody else should help you with it. Get it up there, please. Exactly. Good shit, man. <laughs> cool. Well, listen. Will is there any particular song titles you want to end off with? As far as songs that I'm going to play, a uh, dead wrong song, an unforgiven song, and a manipulated. You know song? what? I'll probably just have to like. To be continued. <laughs> yeah, I'll get you that info, and you can. I just off the top of my head, I'm just kind of like. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Well, we don't know exactly what they're gonna be, but you just fucking hang around. You listen to fucking three songs by three different bands by my friend over here, Ivan, and hopefully there'll be new manipulate stuff sooner rather than later. Yeah. Hey, fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. Awesome. Yo, I appreciate your time, my man. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I had a great time. Any fucking time. And shout out, like I said, to Jay Reason. 
and Busky and all those guys. And I am going to put it out there. I reached out. And I never got a response, but Ezak, I want you on the fucking show, man. All right? Let's talk. Let's bullshit. And that'll we be could, dope. We could definitely help facilitate that, man. You should, you should have him and Jay on there, for sure. I would love to you do know? that. And um, I'll, I'll see what I can do for my end to get that. I'm sure hopefully, you would love to do that. Hopefully that can happen. I think I think we can make it happen. That would rule. For sure. I wanted, you know, yeah. I wanted to give a shout out also, like, whoever you want, uh, Just, uh, like I said, uh, you know, there's another, obviously, another great podcast, Axe to Grind. Those are my, you know. Shout Tom, out to Tom, Tom fucking Indecision. Tom, Tom Sheehan, that's my guy. That, that's a great listen, man. Yeah, well, that's a, that's another dude that we've been going back and forth. It's just oh, timing yeah. and geography, man. Hey, I have flyers I mean, made for him and everything. Yeah, those guys are like you. They're pumping out content like crazy. Constantly. Both of you guys. I don't know how you have the time of the day. But, I make the time. But Jesus Christ. I make like, the time, Every dude. other day I look on the Facebook and you're popping out, uh, you know, another podcast from someone else. You know? Something has to be, someone's got to do it, man. Might as well be me. And I enjoy sitting here bullshit. And I've been saying this lately a lot. It's like, I've been saying it on the podcast too. It's like, when, like, I'll see you at a show. Like, I'm walking around like this is hardcore. I've seen you several times. What's up, man? We're going to a quick little pound, blah, blah, blah. And then you, we, everyone goes a month step. Yeah, because we're kind of doing our own thing. We're right. doing our thing because there's shit going on. There's, there's, there's not a lot of opportunity in everyone's busy life to actually sit down face to face and have a conversation with people nowadays. So I enjoy doing the human legit interaction instead of staring at your phone all the time. You know, so I <laughs> we try to do that too much. We right? do, and, I, and I'm guilty of it too. But sometimes it's good for me to put my fucking phone down and shut the volume off for however long that I'm sitting here talking and having a normal conversation face to face with someone. You know what I mean? So I'll talk to almost anybody who I find interesting. You know, it's not necessarily just music people. I've been branching off. I mean, Schlack, the deathmatch wrestler. He's talking about fucking insane shit. I find it fascinating. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so you have a wide variety of guests. I do. It started out as just a basically a music, a hardcore thing. But it's like after a while, everybody agrees that Age of Qual is a great record. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, You know what I'm saying? So how many times am I going to say that Age of Qual is a great record? And everyone agrees. So, so I do have to branch out a little bit just because... I want to, you know, it's it's a conversation with people I find interesting or, or friends of mine or people that I find cool or people that I respect. So I make the time to do that. And, you know, I don't get paid for doing this. I don't make money off of doing it. I just do it because I enjoy it. And that's the bottom line. Same reason why you like to play in your bands. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, no one's getting rich off playing a hardcore Right. Band, I, can't, I don't make a fucking... I can't. <laughs> we do it for the love. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. So I do it for the love and it's cool. And... I ain't stopping until I feel like it's a job, and it's not, it doesn't feel like a job. So, as long as people want to come on and bullshit, I'm, I'm down to bullshit with you. Yeah. I'm easy. <laughs> I'm easy. Cool, man. Well, I'm going to go back on the fucking walk back through Central Park and jump on a train and go back to Brooklyn. <laughs> Even though this is a very nice, scenic little area. Is, hey, this is a great night. Look it's at the moon over there. There's a nice breeze. This is like a postcard over here. It is. There's a guy over here walking his two fluffy dogs. <laughs> It's fucking ridiculous. Cobblestone. I'm glad this worked out because I wasn't sure where we were going to be able to do this. And like, ah, we make it fucking work. This worked perfect. This is like a nice, a nice night, man. The weather is like perfect. It's uh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. But thanks again for having me on. Like, I had a great time. Anytime, my man. Later. Feel it's sad And that's what I ever forget 
Take my hand, take my hand, and stop 
Yeah.